What's going on, everybody? I am Dave Rubin. This is the Rubin Report direct message for today, May 6th, 2021. And of course, 10 seconds before I start doing this live stream, I open up my phone. <laughs> Nothing good could possibly be happening on the phone. And I just saw this video that's going viral right now. Just this woman not wearing a mask at a store and some guy, you know, the pretend good guy, the virtue signaling good guy, you killed my grandparents. And the woman's like, you know, she's a young, healthy woman. She's like, you know, I'm pregnant. You're wearing a mask. Everyone here is vaccinated. We can just go about living our lives, can't we? You killed grandma and grandpa. Ugh. These people, it's really a mental disorder. I tweeted out this morning, at this point, if you're wearing a mask outdoors, now that happened to be indoors in a store, and I don't know what the policy of the store was, although I think we're gonna have to start ignoring that too, because otherwise we'll never move forward here. But if you're wearing a mask outdoors, you got a mental condition and we gotta deal with it. I don't know. I don't know if it's a, it's a medication or a therapy or you gotta go down to Costa Rica, do some ayahuasca, but we gotta figure this stuff out because we can't live like this much longer. Uh, anyway, I'm in a great mood today. There's a lot going on in the world. Uh, we are doing a Q&A. We got a gajillion questions, roughly a gajillion. We added them up. It was close to a gajillion at rubenreport.locals.com. Uh, but before we do that, I always like to do these Q&As with leading with one story. So you guys know my feelings about Ron DeSantis. He's, he's the last hope for America. The guy is just doing everything right. He is the right blend of a true leader, but someone who's also respecting individual liberty. He doesn't want the government to do everything, but knows when to use the light touch of government. And just yesterday, he announced that Florida will be giving $1,000 bonuses to law enforcement officials and first responders. Let's take a look. I asked the legislature in this legislative session, we need to do bonuses uh, for law enforcement. Someone defund. Some want to defund the police. We're funding the police and then some. All right, so let me give you a little context to that from Florida.gov. $208 million has been allocated from the Department of Economic Opportunity for over 174,000 first responders across the state, including about 49,000 law enforcement officers, 40,000 EMTs, 35,000 firefighters, and 33 thousand paramedics in Florida. That means they're all getting a thousand bucks. I don't live in Florida, but I just want to say to all of you that are getting it, you deserve it. I wish that we were doing it to uh, our first responders and our law enforcement here in California, but we got bigger problems here at the moment. Uh, but Ron DeSantis is, is what a true leader is. He's playing this game perfectly. And I think it may come up in one of the questions in the Q&A, I just quickly glanced through them. But this idea that some states are really doing it right and some states are really doing it wrong, I know that feels unnerving, right? Because it feels like the country's splitting, but in many ways, that is the beauty of the United States of America. That is federalism that allows us to live in places that are more in line with our beliefs and our lifestyle and the type of people we wanna be around. And for all of you that are saying, but Dave, you're in California, I'm not the perfect man and, and we're thinking about things. Uh, okay, so let's get to uh, some Q&A here. Uh, but before I do that, I wanna talk to you guys about 1-800-Flowers. 
If you didn't know, Mother's Day is just a couple days away, guys. A mother is someone who loves you with all her heart. So whether it's your mom, your stepmom, or a strong maternal figure, this Mother's Day, celebrate all the amazing women in your life with a gorgeous bouquet from 1-800-Flowers.com. Right now, 1-800-Flowers is offering 24 multicolored roses plus a free vase for $34.99. This gorgeous bouquet of two dozen roses and an assortment of bright colors is guaranteed to show all of the moms in your life just how much they're loved. I cannot wait to send a 1-800-Flowers bouquet to my mom. Actually, I did send one. My mom got one yesterday, my sister-in-law got one, and my sister and I told them they could enjoy it for a few days even before Mother's Day. All the roses from 1-800-Flowers are packed at their peak, cared for every step of the way and shipped fresh to ensure lasting beauty. Picking an early delivery date ensures that your bouquet will arrive in time to make Mother's Day special. 24 multicolored roses plus a free vase for $34.99 is an amazing offer, but prices will be going up. So order today, you're running out of time. Don't put this offer off. Order today from the official florist of Mother's Day, 1-800-Flowers.com. To order 24 multicolored roses plus a free vase for $34.99, go to 1-800-Flowers.com, click the radio icon, and enter the code RUBEN. That's 1-800-Flowers.com, code RUBEN. And now back to me. Okay, so we are doing a Ask Me Anything Q&A. These were all questions submitted at rubenreport.locals.com. By the way, I should note, guys, that yesterday, uh, was basically our biggest one day growth ever at our locals community. I, I made this offer that if you signed up annually yesterday, not only do you always get two months free if you do the annual subscription, uh, but I'm signing all sorts of cards and I'm gonna personalize some things and write your name in it. And we had a huge explosion over there. So there's just a, just a great amount of stuff going on on the community. So we got a ton of questions. I had Michael review everything and I said, mix it up today. So let's see what happens. Here we go. Uh, Neil says, keeping it simple, Dave. How are you? Um, I'm good. I'm pretty good. I really am pretty good. You know, uh, let's put aside the revolution for the moment and just like all the worries that we all have, like everyone's worried about something, right? Like the thing, the big broad thing about what's happening in the state of the world and the state of the country doesn't feel that great. It feels like things are kind of out of control. It feels like we don't have adults in the room. It feels like, you know, as I always talk about, the, the elite class has just failed us all together, all of that stuff, but let's put that aside for a moment. My day is pretty good. Like, I wake up with purpose, I love doing this show, you know, I used to only really do the interviews and then we shifted to this direct message thing. I love doing this, I love connecting with you guys. You know, we've done a couple live meetups over the last couple months, I love seeing people and hugging people. I always tell you, people, people always wanna touch me. They, they can't believe I'm a real person. So they, they wanna touch me and hug me. Usually I let them, not, not in every case, sometimes it could be weird. Um, but I just, I feel that I'm doing good work. I love the people that I'm working with. David and I are good, we eat good food, we live in the right house, like we're happy. I, you know, what I always say to David is, the stuff that goes on in our four walls here is great. Like our day to day is great. And I realize also, I don't leave the house that often at this point because I work from here, like we've got the stuff that we want. I don't really want more physical stuff, like we've got stuff. Like when's, I haven't bought a shoe or a, I guess I did get new sneakers the other day, but I haven't bought like a shirt or just pants. Like you just don't need more stuff. So I feel very good about like where I'm at in life. And I just hope that what we're doing here can make a difference. I think it is making a difference. You guys often tell me it's making a difference. So I would say like, I'm pretty good. We have friends coming over for dinner tonight. As you guys know, we, we eat good food, we drink good wine. And you know, I'm just, I'm just trying to fight the good fight. And I would actually, uh, 
you know, throw you back to that Jordan Peterson video that we put up a couple days ago about what truth is. You know, like Jordan said that he started to say, I'm going to say the truth and let's see what happens. And it doesn't always mean that everything will be great, but it will be the best possible alternative by putting truth out there. And I'm really trying to do that. And I think the more that we all do that, that's the only way we're gonna correct this thing. And he also said that that's really the ultimate expression of faith. If you just say, I'm gonna say the truth for truth's sake, because it's gotta be better than the alternative, it's gotta be better than the lie that might get you some temporary satisfaction or something like that. Like that actually is faith, that's a leap of faith. I will say the truth just because that's the right thing to do. Like that's the leap of faith right there. And I'm really trying to do that and I think it's given me a broader sense of what the world is and I hope that answered your question. I'm, I'm doing pretty well and I hope you are as well. Uh, Velda says, uh, hear from Caitlyn Jenner yet, any insights from the Hannity interview? So we have not heard back from Caitlyn Jenner yet. We have reached out across all possible channels and I've done a little push on Twitter. I did watch the Hannity interview and let me say this, if you would have said to me 20 years ago that Bruce Jenner will be running as a woman to be the governor of California and you, Dave, will probably be supporting her. I would have said you were bananas. That being said, here we are, and it's a strange time in 2021. And so far, it seems to me that she is the best candidate out there. There are a couple others, and I'm interested in talking to anyone that, that actually is legit. My main concern with Caitlin is I wanna know that this thing is legit, and this is not just for a reality show and for press and buzz and you know making people money and that kind of thing. So I thought her answers on Hannity last night were excellent. She talked about lowering taxes and doing better on immigration and homelessness and you know the, we we always talk about these nonsensical trans issues which are just so not important and and in a way it shows you how the left does dominate the culture war because they get us to talk about these things all the time something that affects so few people and it's not that you don't care about those people in the individual cases it's just that the, that it's become the dominant narrative but even that that she doesn't want biological boys in girls sports like she said all of the right stuff so I hope I can interview her. And I would also say this, if, if Caitlin, if you're watching or if any of your people are watching and you're on the fence about doing a longer form, unedited interview, you know, one of the things that finally moved me on Donald Trump, when I was really kind, I couldn't figure it out. And I was like, ah, something still ain't right here. Like I kept saying, I said this to Candace Owens many times privately, I would say, you know, I really just need to meet the guy. Cause she'd be saying, you know, he really is a great guy and he's not a racist and he's not a homophobe and blah, blah. I said, well, I need to meet him. And then I think most of you know the story of when David and I went to Mar-a-Lago and we met Trump and I got to spend some time with him and I saw that him and Melania actually loved each other. It was so obvious and that he didn't care about anyone's sexuality and he certainly didn't care about race. And I got to see it like right there in front of me. And that, that gave me some insight. I sort of feel like I want that same experience with, with Caitlin. So I hope I get to interview her and anyone on planet earth is better than Gavin Newsom who is an evil cartoon character from a Disney movie. Uh, Mana says, why do conservatives seem to never speak from the same script the way Democrats do? Our messaging is lame at best. Well, there's a really interesting point to this. Conservatives, libertarians, you know, whatever this new thing on the right is, believe in individual rights. Within individual rights, what you, meaning the government's gonna treat us the same, but you can live differently, right? Like there's the more libertarian side of that that maybe is okay with pot, there's the more conservative side of it that maybe is more, you know, sort of traditionally religious or something like that. But everyone has the basic ideas that, oh, we just want the government to treat us equally. 
And then there can be a lot of fighting within that. Or not, it's not even, I don't even see it really as fighting. I actually see it as a very healthy expression of like, which way do we want the country to go and how do we respect people with different thoughts and, and who have different lifestyles and all that stuff. I, that's why I see something so rich happening on the right. The Democrats are better about the script because they believe, at least in a modern sense, and I would love to hear pushback on this from somebody. I mean, give me a, give me a blue check, legit Democrat lefty who doesn't do personal attacks and who will have an honest conversation about this. There is nothing left on the left in terms of sort of the bedrock belief system. Like it used to be sort of like I'm liberal, like I want some level of change, meaning I wanna change things to be more equal, that made sense. Once they put in the equity thing and then they combined it with government doing everything, right? Government will solve all of your problems. If we just tax this guy enough, if we just take from that guy, if we just have enough power and we can get everybody into government schools and we can get everybody into Bernie's college brainwash centers, if, we can, if you just give us enough power, if you just become a tiny cog in a much bigger system, then everything will be better and you will be happy, or as Palpatine said, and then we shall have peace. That is the problem, that their goal is power. It's not about freeing people, it's about actually enslaving people if you really think about it. Just give us the power to decide absolutely everything that will happen in society and then you will somehow be happier. That message, although it's a horrific message when you really understand it, it's very easy to just fall in line. And then you know the other thing about, your question is about the same script, the other thing is they're so culty in nature that what position are you allowed to take that say the woke left or the progressives or really anyone in the uh, Democratic Party at this point doesn't take? What, what diversity is there of thought within the Democratic Party? Now you could say to me, Dave, well, what's, what's the diversity in the Republican Party? Well, actually, there's plenty of diversity in the Republican Party. Somebody like Rudy Giuliani, who at one time they thought was going to be president, it seems like a while ago, but it's only 10 or 12 years ago when he was running and then he had to step down because he had cancer, but he's a pro choice Republican, right? He was for gay marriage before that. There are still some Republicans that aren't for gay marriage. There are some that are for the marijuana discussion, certain stuff on states' rights. As I said, the, the abortion thing, like there's, but, but people aren't crushing and destroying each other over it and purging people. The left is doing that. So I think they stay on the same script because they're actually in a self-hostage situation. And I'd much rather hang out with people who can agree to disagree and it's gonna be a little messier and it's also gonna make, a, it's gonna make it much harder to win. That's the key thing. If you have a bunch of people that don't want to use all of the lever of, levers of power to make everyone bow to their beliefs, well then the people who wanna do all that stuff, they can grab the power more easily and that's, that's sort of the tough one right now, really the tough one for libertarians more than anything else. The libertarians who are just like, hey, I just wanna live my life, I wanna smoke my weed and bang my hookers and grow my you know, mushrooms and blah, blah, blah. It's like, great, I'm all for all, you do whatever you wanna do on your property, that's just fine, except if they keep moving on you. And I think Florida's gonna deal with a version of this. It's like Florida's gonna do all the right stuff but if the Democrats just keep giving more and more power to the federal government, it's like, is the federal government gonna start encroaching on states' rights? I have no doubt that they will. Carlton says, after yesterday with Facebook once again banning President Trump, what is your projection of the future for conservatives and moderate voices being heard? Do you have any hope? Well, I don't have hope related to big tech. I really don't. Like every one of us and anyone who has a flicker of independent thought 
anyone that has any of that, that has any sort of divergent view or thinks for themselves or just is occasionally a contrarian, uh, you're in a lot of trouble. Like big tech is not going to turn around. The idea that 19 people, basically all leftist activists, like show me the conservative on the Facebook oversight committee that decided the fate of Trump. It's like, who's more powerful, those 19 people or the former president of the United States, you know, who's left now to basically blogging on his own site. Um, they have way too much power. The idea that they were gonna actually debate like the real issues related to free speech and say the First Amendment and Facebook being a private company but has a lot of governmental power and tons of money and the backdoor access that we know that these companies have and everything else. If you are just sitting on YouTube and on Facebook and on Twitter, whether you're someone that creates content or you just consume content, if, if you think that, you know, that this is just gonna keep going forever, it ain't, they will keep narrowing that alley, they will keep saying, oh no, no, that can't be said, that can't be said, that can't be said, that can't be said. They will do it on the creator side through demonetization. So if you talk about certain things and then you get demonetized, that's not direct censorship, right? But I run a business here. So we know if I talk about certain things, if I say certain words, if I was to say something about the election, my God, they could not only demonetize me, which then I have to run a business. So it's like, oh, should I talk about the things that are never gonna make me any money? Because I do have to pay my guys, right? Like, and I have to pay myself, like that's just reality. So that's a soft type of censorship, but they could also delete any of our channels. Like, this is the thing that I keep trying to explain to people. YouTube could just tomorrow if they've had enough, if the Democrats and the powers that be have had enough, they could tomorrow just announce, okay guys, next week we're closing up shop on YouTube. We're only gonna have networks on here or, or otherwise verified channels. So everyone that is just creating anything or consuming anything just on these things, you're making a huge mistake. By the way, that's exactly why I started Locals.com. I don't need to uh, make a big commercial yesterday because I obviously talked about, about it yesterday, but if I was booted off everything today, well, I have, we have thousands and thousands and thousands of people that are in our locals community. I have an app, I have direct access for a push notification. Live streaming is coming, like all our videos are there. We own all of it and that's why we built the company because it was obvious that this was all company and coming and that's why we wanna give this technology to other people. So do I have hope? Well, I would say, as I say to most things, I'm a, I'm a world weary optimist. I believe that David can beat Goliath, that story has some meaning, the little guy can always win, um, but it, it ain't easy, right, it ain't easy. Although for David, I guess it was pretty easy, just a slingshot and he took the guy out, but uh, you know, okay. Uh, Landon says, you believe Trump wasn't going to run in 2024, what do you make of his comments on Candace's show last Tuesday? So if you didn't see it, Trump called in to Candace's Daily Wire show did a phoner, which I always think is so funny, like he's like the last guy that does phone interviews. Um, and Candace basically asked him, you know, are you gonna run in 2024? And in a very Trump style thing, he said, well, a lot of people are, very, are talking about it, a lot of people are very interested, and I've had, I, I would like to say that I have some good news, you know, but I can't do it too early because there's some fundraising stuff and it can make it complex, but I think when I do make the decision, a lot of people are gonna be very happy. Look, Trump is a showman, right? Like there's no doubt Trump's a showman. He knows how to keep everybody sort of focused on him. And he does seem to be getting back into the spotlight. My feeling, my gut feeling, and I, I obviously I could be wrong about this, obviously I could be wrong, is that he won't run, but he will be the, the energy. He will be, the, the movement is still him. So when you see this sort of 
divide in the Republicans now. It's like the Mitt Romney, Liz Cheney wing. <laughs> it's a very small wing. It's just the two of them. And then pretty much everybody else. But the media really loves them, right? The media really loves Liz Cheney right now and they really love Mitt Romney because they're pet Republicans. They can, have, they can go on MSNBC and they'll say nice things about them because they know that they're ineffectual, they make no difference, they stand for no conservative principle, they, they would fold like a wet paper bag and the rest of it. Um, what would be better than Trump running to me is that he acts as the energy, keeps the rallies going, gets everybody excited again, You know that we can be proud of America again, that the government is not here to run your life um, and all of that stuff that was the good part of Trump. But the polarization around him, it's like we could get a better candidate. So I like the idea of DeSantis running. Let DeSantis run, the guy, first of all, he's also much younger. I think he's 44 years old, right? Like we could use a Gen X person. I, I happen to be 44 as well. Can we confirm DeSantis's age? Like we could use, we, we haven't handed this stuff over. We've let the baby boomers hold on for too long, which at some level is because science is good and you can be in your late 70s, early 80s and still somewhat functional. Although uh, I think the ship has sailed on that Joe Biden fella. Um, but if Trump can act as basically like the digital bodyguard, take the heat, get the media focused over there and DeSantis could come in and be like, oh, here are the policies and we don't wanna defund the police. And you know, in my state of Florida, we don't have an income tax and that's pretty good. That's why people wanna come here and we let people live freely. And by the way, slight sidebar, but I met with my business managers on Friday and we looked at the numbers and I was like, so if I move to Florida, can you just show me the numbers? Like, what are we looking at? And I'm a fucking idiot, what am I doing here? I mean, I get it, the weather's nice, but Florida's nice, it's the humidity. The humidity, because it makes the hair you know, lower. Where in Florida, here in California, no humidity, it works for me. Anyway, DeSantis is 42 years old. So I, I still think that Trump as sort of the outsider um, playing in the political sphere is probably better because for the people that still have that, that Trump derangement syndrome thing, it's like, well, hold on. Now you give me DeSantis and say Candace Owens, you give me DeSantis and say Tim Scott. You give me DeSantis and say Nikki Haley. You give me DeSantis and say Dan Crenshaw. I mean, we could figure out what all those pieces are while Trump is acting as the thing that's gonna be the defender. Now the question is, can he do it? Can he do it? And look, I may be wrong. Maybe he will run and there could be value in that as well. Uh, Yates says, Dave, for those of us who work full time and have a family, how can we best contribute our limited free time towards combating the wokeness disease. In your opinion, where can we make positive impact most effectively? I suspect you're doing it already because you have a job and a family. And if you're just a decent person and in whatever interactions you have, either at your kid's school, local community, when you go to your store, gardener comes over, whatever it might be, if you just say what you believe, you know, just say what you believe. You know, yesterday actually, we had a guy here was, was fixing a light in the pool and he was wearing a mask and it was like 95 degrees out yesterday. It was hot as hell. And when I got out of it, he came when I was in studio doing the show. When I got out there, I looked and I see this guy and he's dripping with sweat. He's got the mask on. It was a young, young guy. And I said, hey, I walked out there. I was like, hey, just FYI, um, I don't know what your company policy is, but you don't have to wear the mask. You're out here alone and you know we're completely fine with that. And he took it off and he was dripping with sweat, but he had like the biggest smile on his face. Like, oh, thanks, man. Like this thing's horrible and it's like, I think I did like a little, it's not me that did it really, but it was just like a little moment of like, yeah, can we just be humans with each other? You're also outdoors, it's hot as hell. Like, I think if you can just, whatever it is in that, those little interactions that you can do, 
Because then it was, what happened after that was we didn't talk politics, but it was just like, we, we were, it was just like there was this unsaid thing like, oh, you're a human and I'm a human and we can still be human with each other. And I think that's what you can do that's best and, and just do good for your family. Do good for your family, which I have no doubt that you're doing. Shirinyu says, have you decided whether or not to get the vaccine? Oh, Shirinyu, you're trying to get me banned from the YouTube and my family. Um, I don't want to get the vaccine. I see no need as a relatively young, relatively healthy person to get it at the moment. I live in a state with endlessly good weather, especially here in SoCal. If you want to get the vaccine, I think you should get the vaccine. If you want to wear a mask, I think you should get the mask. You know, I've been out and about in this last year. I've gone to Trump rallies without masks. I was in Florida without masks. I don't wear masks out here. Um, if I went, if I go, even, even right now, if I go into a store, I do follow the policies of the store. I'm not thrilled to do it. It usually seems pretty ridiculous to me. Just this weekend, I was at Home Depot, like in the garden section. It's outdoors, but it's outdoors, but it's indoors because there's like a metal facade. And I took off my mask and they asked me to put it back on. There's like a series of crazy things going on here. But if you are someone that want to take the vaccine, you should. And, and if you don't, I don't think you should have to. I know that this got Joe Rogan in a whole bunch of hot water last week and then he kind of backtracked it. But it is my personal belief, and I, and I think, if I'm not mistaken, that in America, you're still allowed to have a personal belief. My personal belief is that if you are in a risk group, or even if you're not, if you're perfectly young and healthy and you're 32 and the, and the peak of fitness, you still could take it if you want to take it. But we shouldn't be forcing people to take it, and we have to just move on. It's time to move on. Even, even if there was a second outbreak and COVID-6, and now they're gonna tell us about the Chilean variant and everything else, we gotta move on, because this is not about COVID anymore. You saw the picture, I'm sure, that was viral in the last couple of days, of a, a little kindergarten or, or preschool, it looked like, with the kids sitting in hula hoops with masks, and the teacher has a mask, and it's like, do you see what you're doing to children? This has nothing to do with COVID anymore. First off, that woman obviously is vaccinated. You have two three-year-olds in masks, which makes no sense. What, what do you think is gonna happen to these kids when they're 12, 15, 18, 22? What you will have trained them to accept, we will forget what the old world is. And I'm a stickler, man, I ain't forgetting just yet. Marissa says, do you think the majority of states will look to Florida as the measure of sanity and decency as the data continues to support the reopening. Well, look, the people that tell you to believe in the science usually don't believe in the science, right? I mean, if you, they believe in the science and then you say, well, are there biological differences between males and females? And they'll tell you you're a racist. So it's like, uh, I don't think they really care about data. And that's what I've been trying to say to you guys, that so much of this has to do with control and fear more than the virus itself. I, that is just my personal belief, which again, I think you're still allowed to have in the United States, at least for the next few months. So. I don't think that there's anything really that can sort of shift the people of the leadership, say, of California as it stands now, or the leadership of New York or New Jersey or Michigan, that they would suddenly be like, you know, um, actually, things are better in Texas. Things are better in Florida. They can't. The left, if I've learned one thing over the last you know, six years of my political evolution, the left always doubles down. There is never a mea culpa. There is never a moment of, boy, the data doesn't look right to us, or maybe these people aren't all racists, maybe these people aren't all homophobes. Even when they get wins, they actually double down to their worst sort of uh, base ideas. So for example, like the gay marriage thing, it's like gay marriage is here, nobody's fighting against it anymore, 
And it's like they still run around calling all the Republicans homophobes. So, so good news and bad news always causes them to sort of become their worst selves. And it would be too much of an admission. Like, do you think it would be possible for Gretchen Whitmer in Michigan or Gavin Newsom in California, who still has the state locked down until June 15th, which is still over a month from now, um, do you think it would be possible for him to be like, oh, you know, actually guys, we looked at the numbers here and uh, everything I've done for the last year and a half makes no sense. We've destroyed the economy, we've crushed dreams, we've gotten people hooked on drugs, homelessness has exploded, everything else. Florida's done it right. Uh, so, uh, sorry about that, uh, what, are you, what are you gonna do? Like, I don't think Gavin Newsom is coming coming around on that kind of stuff. Uh, Mello says, where does your inspiration come from? Is your business temperament calm, rushed, or annoyed? Well, is my business temperament, I guess I could ask these guys. Um, you know, I run pretty cool. I think all of us are sort of wired a certain way, right? Some people are really wired hot. Some people are wired cool. My, my general demeanor is pretty cool. It takes a lot to piss me off. It takes a lot for me to get kind of crazy. You guys see it every now and again here when I drop an F-bomb or, and which sometimes I'm usually trying not to do, but I just can't take it anymore. Like I can't take it anymore. I don't have like an ethical issue really dropping the curses, but actually we do know that if I say curses, it demonetizes us, hurts us in the algorithm and the rest of it. Anyway, sidebar, I'm, I'm pretty, calm and cool, I think it's why I'm a halfway decent interviewer and I can sit across from somebody and they can say something, you know, that I don't like or that I don't agree with and it, it doesn't seem to me to be an affront to my humanity. You know, one of the clips that, that people give me the most crap for is when Ben Shapiro was describing his own personal religious belief on gay marriage and that we could sit there and respect each other like, I can do that, I, I can do that. And I don't think it's my job to bludgeon religious people into believing something that I believe, as long as I'm equal under the law, which I am. Um, so I, I, it, at no point in that did I wanna punch the guy. Um, but your real question is where does my inspiration come from? Um, you know, now I would say it comes from the belief that I can affect things a little bit, right? Like, we, I guess we would all want to affect things in the world in some degree. And by the way, you don't have to have a YouTube channel or be on TV to affect things. Like from the question earlier, like about parenting and what can I do? It's like, you're affecting things if you're raising your kids right. You're affecting things if you're standing for, up for what you believe in. So I think my inspiration now is like, I don't know how this all happened, but like I'm in this fight. And sometimes I, you know, people will say to me a lot, like Dave, you're brave, or you say what you think, or, and it's so scary, or you're not, you're, aren't you afraid of getting canceled and everything? It's like, well, I guess I went through a lot of it. Like I went through all the hit pieces in New York Times, and I've seen all the bullshit, and I've been through it, so like, it didn't kill me. So you get out on the other side, and you're like, well, here I am, and it's like, so I guess, like, could, could the, another hit piece come that could turn people on me? Could another mob come? You know, like all the things, could all the things happen? Um, I guess they could, I guess they could, but like what kind of person do I wanna be? What kind of person do you wanna be? Do you wanna be someone that doesn't do what they think they should do because, because it's easier or because, because fear is your dominant value? Or do you wanna be someone that says, hey, here I am, better or worse, let's do this thing. And that, that's the one that works for me. All right, two more people, here we go. Uh, Rhiannon says, what is your favorite alcoholic beverage and what home-cooked food would you pair it with? Good question. Um, so you guys know I'm a big red wine guy uh, and you can go to freethinkerwine.com, by the way, and get some delicious Malbecs. Um, but uh, I've really been into tequila lately. I've been on a tequila kick for about, about two months. We have 
some friends here who are, are big tequila drinkers and they got me into tequila and we're doing some sipping tequilas now and I'm making some mixed drinks and something. There's a bottle, uh, it ain't cheap. I will warn you, it ain't cheap, but you only need to, it's a sipping tequila so you can drink very small amount of it. I think it's called Claz, Claz Azul. Someone correct me, it's a big, beautiful, hand-painted bottle. It, it, it's, it's like 120 bucks a bottle or something. Claz Azul, am I right? Yeah, Claz Azul. And it's a sipping tequila. I mean, if you have two little ones on ice, you're good to go, man. And there's something different about the sort of buzz that you're gonna get from red wine. Red wine strikes me as more of a depressant. As I said, I run cool, so I like, I can have wine and just, I'm like, I'm good, you know? Where tequila, it's a little more like, you're up, you're up, you're ready to go. And, uh, and actually we are having dinner tonight with some friends and uh, we will be having some tequila. I'm told it's 129 a bottle. So it ain't cheap, but as I said, you only need just a, a tiny bit. And last question for today, I like this mix, guys. Uh, Zionist says, you said you're moving locals to Miami. You're staying in SoCal for now. How will that work? So we are moving locals to Miami. There's a million reasons to do it. Um, as you guys know, the entire tech world is moving to Miami right now. Oh, and by the way, I actually haven't said this publicly yet, but why not? I'm going to Miami in a couple weeks. I think middle of June, I will be interviewing uh, the mayor of Miami, Francis Suarez, who has been, I'm gonna do it at, on location. We're either doing it at City Hall or we might do it uh, at one of the locals investors' homes because we thought that would be kind of cool to just show that like there's such, there's such like energy and it's just so cool what's going on there. Um, but he is welcoming people and, and not only are they making it friendly for these businesses and saying, hey, flee that freaking dystopian nightmare of San Francisco, come here, build your businesses. But then as you know, there's no state income tax in Florida, as I said before, like I would have a lot more money if, if I moved there. We're moving locals there, so my, my co-founder is moving there, we're moving most of the team there. By the way, we have um, developers all over the world. So we, we have an incredible team, I'm so proud of what we built. It's, a, it's a actually pretty slim trim operation. We are hiring people right now, which is great. Um, for me, Look, I have a business here. I have people that work for me here. We're constantly having discussions about all of these things. I wanna stay and fight for now, which by the way is one of the things that Caitlyn Jenner said last night. Hannity said, well, you know, what's going on here? Why are you doing this? And she basically was like, you know, I have so many friends and coworkers and colleagues that are leaving, right? And by, no one's moving to California. Everyone's fleeing, right? Um, but I believe in that stay and fight thing. And you guys probably know the story of Knowles and I, Michael Knowles from Daily Wire, like eight months ago, him and his wife came over, we're having dinner at our house, we're drinking, uh, we, we were doing whiskey that night, and we're drunk and we're like going on and on, like we're gonna stay and fight, man, we're gonna get rid of Newsom, we're gonna save the state. And then literally the next morning, Daily Wire announced that they were moving to Nashville, <laughs> and then Knowles, Knowles went to Nashville, which I was in Nashville uh, last week. And uh, oh, and actually speaking of drinking, and Michael Knowles, when I was in Nashville last week with Knowles, we did this really fun game where basically it was, we had to, we had questions asked to us that were pre-written questions that neither one of us knew about our political beliefs. And we had to guess what the other person's response was and then drink if we got it wrong. And then we pretty much drank if we got it right too. Uh, so that'll be coming out on Saturday on the Daily Wire. And, and Noel's new book is coming out. And the guy's just an absolute all-star. Um, but anyway, we have some other considerations because I have businesses here. We have some personal stuff that has tied us here a little bit, but we're really trying to figure it out. Trust me, we're trying to figure it out, but I wanna stay in a fight. Like, and again, I say this all the time, but, but really think about it, really think about it. If someone like me, who, who their, most of their life was a lefty, who by any real estimation is a political moderate, 
um, putting aside my personal life and all that kind of stuff, if someone like me truly can't live in California anymore, then what does that say about California? And then what is, and, and if that is really where we're at, then what does that say about the state of the union? And perhaps that is why the founders did what they did. They wanted that federal government to, to be so weak and thin so that you would be able to, and it would be incumbent actually on you to move to a place that was more in line with your views. And you know I do believe that. I believe that's the right thing to do. But that doesn't mean everyone has to pick up and run, like some people fight. But as I say to everybody, no matter when this conversation comes up, I don't wanna be the last guy in Dodge, so, so we shall see. That is as honest an answer as I can possibly tell you. Uh, guys, I enjoyed the Q&A. Thank you for all the questions. And again, welcome to all the new members at rubenreport.locals.com. Uh, part three of my interview with Nikki Haley, former uh, governor of South Carolina and former US ambassador to the UN, is up on YouTube right now. The full episode is already up, of course, ad-free at rubenreport.locals.com. Oh, and uh, tomorrow, it's today Thursday? Today's Thursday, yeah, tomorrow. Uh, God, I got so much going on at once. It's like, what day is it, man? Um, Tomorrow we're doing a panel on Canada because if you haven't been tracking what's going on, if you think we've got some authoritarian weirdo stuff going on in California and New York and Michigan and everything else, like Canada really seems incredibly bizarre. So we have three Canadians on the show. Michaela Peterson, who you guys all know, Viva Fry, the lawyer who's been on the show once before, and Ezra, uh, Ezra Levant from The Rebel will all be joining me to dissect what's going on in Canada. We may throw in some videos because there's just some really awful draconian lockdown stuff and we will unpack that and more. Anyway, I enjoyed the show. Go out there, have a nice day, find some purpose, find some meaning, see what happens. And uh, you know, we'll be back tomorrow. No big deal, huh? okay, bye. Thanks for tuning in everybody. Be sure to subscribe and rate this podcast. And don't forget you can watch my direct messages live on Blaze TV and YouTube every weekday at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern. And of course, if you want to connect with me personally and get early access to my sit-down interviews, join rubenreport.locals.com.